Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 211 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio, where you can also find links to today's special guest. That's right, I have a special guest for you. A Valentine's Day present? A Valentine's Day guest? A very special Valentine's Day guest. The one, the only, rock and roll art witch, Molly Roberts! Yay! Molly Roberts! Get your lighters, hold them high up in the air, and start chanting, Molly, 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 Molly! Molly Roberts is here. Without any further ado, let's get into this interview. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And so it begins. Welcome back to Hippie Witch, Molly. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Happy, well, technically, happy Imolk. That's when we're talking, but happy Valentine's Day. That's when this is going to air. (laughs) Happy Valentine's to you, too. It's a perfect Imolk uh, sort of day, actually, where I am. I'm uh, it, it's snowing actually pretty heavily <laughs> where I am right now. It's very lovely. Oh. So it's, yeah. We, we've got the whole <laughs> spectrum covered because it's super yeah. sunny and bright here and like little yellow flowers <laughs> are popping up. So I, I love hearing that. It gives me hope. Yes. I, I will be the promise of spring today. <laughs> Perfect. And Perfect. I, you are my Valentine's Day present to my listeners because I know... Sweet. Yes, it's the perfect present because I know they love you. And so I'm just going to try to prod you into talking as much as possible and then like sit back and enjoy the residual glow. <laughs> so... All right, I'm game. Let's try it. <laughs> Unicorns and sparkles, Molly Roberts. Here she is. Um, yay. And this, the theme this month on everything that I'm doing is love. And. Okay. That's why you came to mind um, for doing a special interview this month, because when I think of you, I think of love. Wow. I know, because you're a lot of things. (laughs) You're a lot of things. You're a rock rock and roll witch. You're an art witch. But I really think the through line, when I think of you, I think of love. Isn't that cool I think that's so beautiful it is extremely cool I am very honored <laughs> yeah, I think that's why people love you so much because love like comes out your eyeballs it comes out <laughs> when you're singing when you're talking when you're doing your guided meditations it comes out in your art and I think people know that about you and and they like okay. gather around because that's what it is and that that is that that helps me a lot. That's reaffirming to to what I'm trying to put out into the world. So that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, I feel like I'm not going to ask you to confirm or deny this because that would be horrible for your career. But I feel like you genuinely love people. <laughs> so... <laughs> I do. I want to. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that's I, true. 
you also though take this tactic that um now I'm talking a lot and I said I was gonna let you that's talk. okay what that's am okay. I doing I love that you really have a kind of tough love thing going on, too, in some of your um, posts. And one thing that I cut and pasted that I must read right now, although you read it spectacularly, I'm just going (laughs) to read a couple lines from when I am a mean witch, I am in my power. Because (laughs) I wrote this down in my agenda, which is pretty much my book of shadows because it's got all my magical stuff in there. But you say, when I make love to my priorities, I am in my power. When I am disliked and do not die, I am in my power. When I am scandalized, but my guts still thrive, I am in my power. It goes on and on and on. And I could go on and on and on. But I love that call for complete authenticity and standing strong with your chest puffed out, ready to take the slings and arrows of life, but loving yourself anyway. That's true. Um, I think, I think I learned that I didn't always feel that way. Um, and I think part of that came from experimenting with making things and putting them out into the world. And I think I've spoken about this before, probably on the channel, about how devastating it is to create something, which is really pulling, you know, parts of yourself. Most of the time, parts of yourself, you didn't really know were there. So they're just as new to you as they are to whatever audience you're sharing it with um, and presenting it to the world and, and people don't love it. And then they, you take that, you internalize that as to that there is something wrong with you or that you in some way are unlovable or deficient in some way and if you're unable to come to terms with the fact that you are not for everybody you are not old country buffet it's not your job (laughs) to be (laughs) macaroni and cheese and chocolate pudding and fried chicken for all people at all times it will destroy you so if you are not making things because of something that you desperately need to share inside you that you that for you you need to put out into the world and you're doing it solely for other people to get their approval, it will, that will destroy you. It will destroy you. So. Do you remember a turning point or a specific incident that hurt, <laughs> that brought you through uh-oh. that maybe, or taught you that lesson? There are so many, um, but I think, I think playing live music was the hardest I think because like when you make a when you make a painting or you write a book there's part it's external from you versus you're standing in a room with people who are jeering at a sound that your body is making (laughs) essentially (laughs) like it feels really really intimate and you're putting everything you have in you your literal blood sweat and tears and whatever else it is you brought up on stage with you Um, and you're laying it out for people to analyze and pick apart. And if they're, you know, you're in this place where it's like, isn't it magical? Like our souls are together and I'm creating this thing for you. And wouldn't you like this gift? And then they're like, fuck that. I don't want that. (laughs) It's, it's, it's really brutal. Um, but yeah, I think the first time you get, you get booed, I think, or having somebody throw garbage at you or, um, wow, have these which happens. happened? Have you, have you? Yeah, really. See, people, usually... people trying to put, God, go people ahead. trying to put cigarettes out on you, or um, you know, people will come up to you after a show and 
Um, they were something about what you have done has threatened them in some way and they feel like they need to assert either their dominance or their intelligence or their place in the conversation on you and do as much as they can to make you feel as small and as miserable as possible. Um, that happens. That happens. Um, and pretty frequently, I think one of the times that I put something out into the world and it really upset me was when somebody needed to write me a letter about, I'm, I'm not going to get too into it because I don't want to unnecessarily disturb anybody listening to this, but they wrote me a really, really visceral, horrible uh, letter about what they were going to do to me because they disliked this piece of art that I had made. Oh my. And, you know, and, but that's, that's a risk you have to be willing to take. Because if I had stopped at that point, I wouldn't have finished making records. I wouldn't have come to YouTube. I wouldn't have met all of these people in this community. I wouldn't. There's so much that wouldn't have happened. The the risk is worth it, I guess. Is yeah. <laughs> is is the end of it. It's definitely it's definitely worth it. But you do get tired. You do, and it does hurt you. But but you heal and you move on, and it'll probably happen again. But you know you could get through it last time, yeah. so you do it again. Yeah. I think anything can be a spiritual practice. Businesses oh, uh, yeah. can really be. But I think, too, the life of a certain kind of artist, rock star, painter. <laughs> I mean, you're multimedia, I would say, for sure. <laughs> but um, when I say a certain kind of artist, I mean an authentic artist, an artist that's genuinely sharing and doing so prolifically and really putting it out there, you know, for consumption I guess with the desire to, yeah. to connect I feel like the spiritual lesson in that is what you're just talking about it's this intense vulnerability and risk but it's also an accelerated growth process if you're willing to be brave and courageous and, and put your heart out there like that that is absolutely true that's absolutely true and I think a lot of people ask me about you know I want to start my own project or I want to do this but I'm afraid of dot 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 and I don't know if they're disappointed to hear that you really never stop being <laughs> afraid of it um it's deciding whether or not it's going to control you or stop you I mean there are plenty of times where I've made things but plenty of times when I hit the publish button on YouTube and I'm terrified of what's going to happen but you went through it and you did it and you made it and the regret that you would live with by not pushing publish or not drawing the thing or not going to the place is so much greater yeah. than than just getting over that initial the, the butterfly or the however it is that you internalize it mm -hmm. and just do it. Mm -hmm. I still I still have that too the hitting the publish. Oh thing. yeah, but I have to say I have made peace with some. Let's say just with the podcast, some episodes are just gonna suck, and I move on. Some are going to be awesome, and I move on. And it's just this ongoing breath. It's like sucking, awesome, sucking, awesome, sucking, awesome. Right, and I just right. kind of like breathe that way and let it be what it's going to be. When I mean, for sure, in the past when I was younger, I would not have been able to handle that. So thank God for spiritual maturity. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think part of that is too, like what it, what I feel like with you is that it's, it's not so much just about the thing. Like, obviously, you make quality things, you know, but it is the process of making the thing that is the important part. Yeah, for it's sure. It's the collecting up of the lessons and what you gathered from that and what, you know, the, the learning that goes into it and just the, the act of being prolific, like living as an artist, your art 
being your life is is what that's about. The making cool things that now exist in the world is great, but (laughs) it's it's the path. It's that the path of being an artist, I guess. For sure. Is that what you feel like you're doing? Gathering up lessons and living in the moment and um, or do you have a different concept of what you are doing? I I do feel like that, um, especially in terms of uh, songwriting and the art that I create, especially, uh, I mean, the art that I create for myself as, as well as for people who care to join me, that I, I, have, I draw everything from my own life. Um, that's why I don't write a lot of, I, I, I don't write breakup songs because I've, I've been in a beautiful relationship for almost 13 years now. It feels disingenuous to me to, mm. <laughs> to, um, not that, you know, your art can't be an exploration of these other parts of yourselves or alternate versions of yourself. I'm just saying that for me personally, that's not, um, uh, the work is very diaristic. So I do feel like that. I don't, um, I don't usually just make things for the sake of making a thing. I'm usually making something because I'm digesting something. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, since you brought it up, um, I was just checking out your one year anniversary photo that you posted on Facebook. (laughs) And the last time I talked to you, you were about to get married. We spoke like a a month before you got married in your blue wedding gown with the blue headpiece looking just (laughs) like a beautiful, angelic rock star fairy. And um, since we're talking about love and you brought it up, lady, I wasn't going to go there. Sure. You brought it up. What is what is the glue that has kept you two together for 13 years? Is it I'm going to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to guess as well. Like, is it a reflection of self-love or are you two learning together? And maybe it started out with, (laughs) I don't know, those insecurities. And you you tell me, you tell me, I'm going to shush and listen. That's that's interesting. Well, we've been together essentially since we were we were kids, really. I mean, we were together in high school. Um, and I don't think we ever, I mean, even when the day we were getting married, we looked at each other and we were like, who would have ever thought that this is how this is going to turn out? Uh Um, really we, I, and I mean, I remember not ever wanting to be married. Um, I mean, my, my parents had a loving relationship, um, but a majority of the people I saw around me being married didn't seem like a thing I wanted to be. It seemed um, expensive. (laughs) It seemed um, constricting or uh, I was also battling with how I felt about just sort of our preconceived notions of what a man is and what a woman is and what being, you know, quote unquote married is and all that. And I said, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with that. You're your own man. I'm my own woman. And if we choose to be together, that's how it is. And then something much later clicked where it wasn't so much that you know, I desired so much to be married, but I wanted to be married to Alex. Aww, that's and it's, it sounds so dorky, but it's I think really family. The, you guys are a family now. Yeah. That we, and that's how we talk. That's how we talk to each other. We are our family. We don't have kids or anything like that, but we are each other's family. And I think what's allowed us to stick it out um, one is allowing each other the room to screw up. I mean, and we, we did a lot and we will in the future, but, 
um, our expectations of each other as humans um, is big, I think. And the second part of that, truthfully, is we've always been super involved with each other creatively. We've been making music together longer than we've been. <laughs> um, obviously, we've been together longer than we've been married. But being dedicated and devoted to creating and having that thing together, I think, is one of the pillars yeah. of Ti- our relationship. Tiger Night, your band. That's your love child. Yes. That's your baby. It is. That is our baby. <laughs> Tiger Night, everybody. N-I-T-E. Tiger Night. Check it yeah. out. Femme-fronted post-glam rock from hell. It's awesome. <laughs> and Molly has those great, like, scratchy pipes. Like, the pipe, the pipes with the gravel that you want to hear when you're listening to rock and roll. I love it. I was so afraid that when I stopped smoking that that was going to go away. <laughs> I was so afraid. no Molly the, the damage has been done you will forever be gravelly <laughs> I was gravelly before I started smoking I was I was you. very very self-conscious about it when I was younger that I had like a whale voice oh, it's and so cool it's so sexy it really bothered me it's... as a young person but... oh yeah I think a lot of our strengths we perceive as flaws when we're younger and then we grow into them hopefully Oh hell yeah! Your your weirdness is your superpower. For yeah, sure. Weird must day, my friend. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. You know what I think? What you were saying about marriage too is that I think that could be a secret to marriage. I think a lot of marriages struggle and fail because women, in particular, but I'm sure there's men like this too. They want to get married. They have this idea of getting married. A lot of times. Before they even find the man, they're going to marry. They're looking for a guy to shoehorn into their idea of a marriage. And that can involve so much projection and kind of false expectations in a way. Whereas I think if you're just, I don't really know if I need to get married. That's just not my thing. And you just, you know, like you guys did, go along. You're in love. You want to be a family. I think, I don't know. I think there might be a secret hiding out in that story somewhere. Oh, yeah. And I think the most interesting part about being married was we didn't think that anything was going to change, right? We'd been together for so long. I mean, we'd known each other since we were single digits. Um, but we're like, there's there's no more for us to really, like, know. This feels safe, right? You know, like, what, you know, what? That sounds so unromantic, but, like, <laughs> this, is, this is safe. We know, we know what we're getting into. And then all of a sudden... After, you know, after the party part cools down and goes away, there's this whole other just sort of veil that gets lifted. And you're like, holy shit, there is so much more. There is so much more to you. There's so much more to me that we had no idea. And that's been nothing really short of of thrilling, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah, I love the veil lifting. Such good symbolism. That's what it's like. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Well, what about self-love? I really want to touch on that a little bit because you're such a proponent of it. I think you're a great example of somebody who, I don't know, do you feel like you always had a pretty intact sense of self-love or is that something that you grew into as you matured and aged? Not that you're super, oh, not that you're super aged. I'm, you're not an old woman. No, 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 no. I would say like that. No, absolutely not. I mean, I was, oh, 
I think a lot of uh, young women especially struggle with that. I mean, the entire world is dedicated to telling you about, you know, how ugly and useless you are. That that does a lot. You know, it does more than you're willing to admit. Um, and I also fell into the trap because, I mean, there's plenty of examples when I was younger, especially when, when I was in high school and college about this idea that for you to be an artist, it is imperative that you are miserable right. um, and that you abuse yourself, um, whether it be through drugs or alcohol or toxic people around you that create drama because you need something going on in your life to be distressed about, Um which really, that, that is the antithesis of, of loving yourself. You say that you're doing it for your craft and for your art and you're, you're kind of like playing, you're play acting your life. Um, and that's not, that's not, that's not self-love. But, um, and I think everybody goes through phases where self-love feels easier than other times. It's really easy to love yourself when things are going really well, you know, <laughs> when, when things are working out the way that you hoped. Yep. But um, I think it developed after after you kind of realized the BS of that, the of the facade that this is what you need to do to to make work. Like it's not possible for you to be a creative person, but also be you know mentally and physically healthy. Um, <laughs> but I think a big part of where my self love journey really kind of took off was being willing to accept and really enjoy these parts of myself that I was really, really afraid to show other people. Yeah. Um, like what? one of those that voice, that voice. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's a big one. I mean, I'd been making music for a long time, but I was afraid to show it to anybody because I, as we were speaking about before, I was so afraid of that criticism. I just couldn't handle it. I was too squishy. It just hurt too much. I couldn't do it. Um, things about, you know, things about, yeah, my voice, about my body, about the kind of work I wanted to make, the things that I wanted to talk about, um, being a, from a small town, a small Christian town, and, like, all you want to do is talk about this goddess that's inside of you. Like, that's terrifying. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but allowing myself to to explore and be okay with that stuff that is huge it was huge right calling yourself a witch too i feel like that's fairly yes. new- newish on your public journey yeah yes yes and i would be a dirty rotten liar if i said i wasn't afraid um but that's part of what i felt like i needed to do yeah. i didn't want to live incognito Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating, too, how the witchy community that I know and love really rose up to embrace you when you did start talking about that? It's true. And I didn't anticipate. I don't know what I thought would happen, but that's not what I thought would happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yep. It was the it was the perfect time for Molly Roberts, the art witch. <laughs> Twitch. I think that making art is such an expression of love and I think that witchcraft is the art of spirituality to me all these things intersect love magic art music all of it um, and you you recently launched an ebook called the art witch 
that has an audio <laughs> component to it. And I love um, that you wrote, I am an art witch. It was like this little declaration that I loved, an art witch. Can you tell us a little bit about that project and just what does it mean to be an art witch? Absolutely. So art witch is, it's a primer. Um, it's not a, it's not like a DIY book. It's not like a list of projects. There are prompts, but a majority of the book goes into, uh, it's sort of my manifesto about how I feel that the art world and the magic world overlap and or how they're not even the same thing, <laughs> I think, in, in a lot of cases. Um, and I, I think a lot of that came from initially, I, I did go to art school to be a figure painter. And a majority of what they teach you in school is how to look, how to see and perceive the world around you and notice what's happening um as well as you know skills as to, to how to manipulate materials to get the effects you want but that's really what I took away from school and will be with me forever and part of what I think made I was coming into my witch life at about the same time really I mean I'd been doing magic and had a lot of ideas about how I thought the world worked and what I thought my own personal spirituality was, but it didn't become like a viable option for me uh, probably until I was really a freshman in college. So when I was about 18, 19, um, I, like I knew that witches were a thing, but I didn't know it was a thing that like I could do, like I could live this way. And that was that was a huge change. It kind of came as a mashup of being in art school and then also participating in women's studies at the same time, things like that. So my my politics and my art and my spirituality were all just starting to snowball into this larger concept that just became my my life. It wasn't the thing that I put in a drawer anymore and put away and would come to, you know, over time. But so a majority of art, which is about about that, about how the visual artist line of thinking and the magical thinker really overlap. Um, if that, if that, that was a really, really long answer to I a very totally question. Get it, though. I get it because <laughs> look, if you're looking at the world through the eyes of an artist, you're looking at it in a very specific way. The same is true. If you're looking at it through the eyes of magic, I remember I, the, the online, the YouTube witchy community has changed a lot even in five years i've noticed, oh yes. i've noticed yes. you know i used to i believe this that's why i used to say it back in the day and i still say it kind of everything is magic you know and when you're looking at the world through the eyes of magic you're seeing all of the symbolism all the you know that powerful metaphor but also the ongoing life death life cycle and the processes of change and all of the miracles and synchronicities. So I just, people would argue about that. Like, no, if everything's magic, then nothing is magic. And I'm like, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a way of looking at the world. So when you were talking it about is. art school and, and how they were teaching you to see through a particular eye, like I, I totally see the relationship there. Right. Like the idea that, you are going to take an inanimate object and imbue it with purpose, with the intent to communicate. Are we talking about a sculpture? 
Or are we talking about creating a working? Mm. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, that's why I say magic is magic <laughs> is the art of spirituality. You're you're demonstrating that for me. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what kind of tying this back around to self love too. Um, you have kind of made yourself an art project, like the way that you look. When I see pictures of you online. A lot of times it's your friends posting pictures of you, like on Facebook from, I don't know, some event you went to, but yep. it, it, looks, <laughs> it looks to me like you've pretty consistently been Molly Roberts for as long as photographic evidence has existed of this. Yeah. Yep. And um, so I, I had a couple <laughs> questions about that. When, when, when was the yeah. last time you were sporting your natural hair color? Uh, I was probably 11. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they My... Sorry, go ahead. Bless my mother. She never, ever, neither of my parents ever said a word to us about you're leaving the house like that or anything that, that, and we took that as that they had trust in us to make, you know, responsible decisions, but hair grows back. You know, it was just like, this is, this is how I feel that I want to look. And she said, okay, great. Save your money. Get a box. We'll go to Target. We'll put some put some goop on your head. Oh, <laughs> was, yeah. yeah. Parents, yeah. parents listening, this is how you foster self-confidence in your children, if not self-love. Get them started well. Don't criticize the way they look, please. I kind of wish, I mean, looking back at some of those pictures, sometimes I kind of wish she had, like, just a little bit. But <laughs> it was a learning experience. <laughs> friends. Oh, friends. Don't let friends shave their own. Well, okay. Anyway, well, whatever. <laughs> it's all good. It's so cute. Let's see. Right now, what are you? You've got shaved head, kind of like a modified long mohawk. That is That's, currently yes. what color are we rocking now? It's kind of it's lavender at the moment. Yeah, I have a, a lovely, lovely friend that I go to that we we talk crystals and and tarot, and she puts she puts the unicorn goop on my head. Yeah. <laughs> So do you feel like, and the outfits too, I, we don't get to see a lot yeah. of that on YouTube, but I see it in your photographs and, and things like that. Do you feel like you are like one of your art projects, like you're walking art or are you just whatever, looking in the mirror and doing your beauty routine and not giving it that much thought? Um, I think it depends on the day and the occasion. Um, For the most part, I mean, I'm, when I, you know, when I shop or I put things together, it's like, what would feel great? You know, what do I feel like a badass in? Um, that, but I've always been drawn to, to colors, always. Um, and there's just a joy for me in, in putting colors together. I'll even, like, when I'm walking around at the hardware store, I just like to pick up paint chips because I just like having them and looking at them and playing with them in my pocket. Mm. So, um, so putting outfits together is a lot of fun, but I do. I do consider it. And I think part of that is um, it's changed for me. The past couple of years, I, I volunteer with a, a group called Girls Rock, which I'm sure some of your listeners would probably be familiar with. But it's basically a leadership camp for girls, and they are taught leadership skills through forming rock bands with other girls their age. Um, and they're together for a week. But after spending time um, with these girls, they're between the ages of eight and 16. So it's a pretty broad range seeing how 
self-conscious they are and how afraid they are to take up space um, or be looked at, it, it changes the way that you carry yourself in the world after you work with them. And after doing those camps, I decided, like, I'm just not going to be afraid of, of taking up space anymore. And I hope that they see me. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. What about the people that are gravitating toward you on YouTube? There's the pretty big crowd gathered around. Is that, what are you seeing? Like, is there, are there some common denominators? Some common, I mean, this could go in any direction. Some, mm -hmm. what are people wanting from you? What are they getting from this? What, what do you, what's the vibe that you're feeling? That's a really interesting question. I think what I see in, in the comments and what I receive in emails and, and letters is people are just so relieved to, to meet another weirdo, <laughs> um, which I love because that's why I came to YouTube in the first place was, um, was incredibly lonely. I felt really isolated. I didn't, I don't have any, um, what you would call magically minded um, friend in my orbit at all, really. Um, my my communication with magically minded people is is entirely through the internet. And for people to know, I think that's kind of the magic of video too, is how instantly relatable it is that I'd been blogging for years um, and really didn't get much in the way of any response from that but that was okay because really what I was there to do was just to talk to a handful of people it was about maintaining you know a few a few close online friendships and seeing this it's just people rallying around like it's okay that I have my own ideas um, it's okay if I feel that this is right but it's not what everybody around me is doing in their practice or um I have a lot of people in the LGBTQ community saying that they appreciate um, the work that I'm doing, which is interesting because, uh, to be honest, I, I wasn't doing it consciously, really. Mm -hmm. um, so that I was thrilled to know, and I'm so happy um, that that people come either to the blog or to the channel or you know, listen to the work and, and feel at home with that is incredible. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make things that I'm looking for and wasn't finding. Yeah. So if it's working, that's incredible. And it's working. It's working. Yeah. Uh, what is, it doesn't have to be the most, but a common question or request that you get repeatedly Mm, there's a few of them. Um, the I don't know how to tell my insert family member here that this is how I believe the world works. Um, I'm new to this and I'm not sure where to start. It's also overwhelming. Probably the number one after those is I would like to start a fill in the blank, but I'm afraid to. Um. So, <laughs> fear. Um, fear is the through line there. Things. Yeah, they want to make things and they want to show themselves to people. Yeah, and they're worried. Yeah, 
that just breaks my heart open in a way like mine too it just makes me wanna, <laughs> it makes me want to run around hugging everybody and handing out permission slips do you honey no you do you you do you you go you, you, you do, do you <laughs> <laughs> exactly and if that's i guess maybe that's a better answer to your question is that i think that's what i'm ultimately trying to do now is be a permission slip nice a walking you don't talking. need it <laughs> You don't need it, but if it makes you feel better to have somebody tell you that and it works, I'm happy to do it for you. Yeah. yeah. I think it's always more powerful, regardless of how fantastic of a writer you are or a musician or an artist. There is something even more powerful in leading by example, taking up space, as you were saying, and giving yourself permission, in a sense, is giving other people permission and that's you know when I talk about love and how I think of love when I think of you I sense somebody who loves their life yes and I think we all we all want that (laughs) you know everybody wants to love their life and it's a bit of a mystery I think when I'm not too far down my path that I can't remember back when I didn't love my life and how when you see somebody who does, you're just like, what? And I know a lot of people that attack you. You were talking about people kind of coming after <laughs> you after a show or something. I think you're touching on that in them as well. It's it's very scary and it's, at, at a certain stage in your development for some people to be confronted with that. Yeah, But it's that knowledge that gets you through it. You know what I mean? Knowing that, I mean, at the instant that they're doing it, to you or coming at you that way it is distressing but when that moment passes and you're able to think on it it becomes very clear to you what's actually going on and it becomes so much easier to either forgive that person if you feel that's necessary um or just move on from it because you're like this has really very little to do with me mm. it really doesn't yeah The last show we did here, I can't remember the exact title, but it had something to do with being a unicorn. Molly Roberts Roberts is a unicorn. This is something I've noticed that has hung with you. So you might be a unicorn. You might be a unicorn for life. I see people sharing unicorns with you. You did a unicorn coloring page that people can pick up if they want to print that out. Oh, yeah. There's lots of free coloring pages on the blog. Well, let's tell them the URL for that since we're mentioning it. So we have changed. It is Molly Roberts Magic with a K. Yay. Blogspot.com. Blogspot.com. And then you also have an affirmation that I think is so funny and cool. The title. Yes. I am a goddamn uh, unicorn. Affirmations yes. for vitamin U. <laughs> yes. Um, that came from, I think it's interesting that it stuck because I had done Oh my gosh, many, many moons ago when the channel was very new, I had made a video talking about the magical applications for EFT, um, the emotional freedom technique for people who don't, who might not know what that is. And we did a script in the video. Um, The tap along was (laughs) about being a goddamn unicorn, just as an example to show people how you would do this. Um, And it really stuck. And people continued to comment, I am a goddamn unicorn. (laughs) And (laughs) did you roll with it? And and how many friendships we built out of that, I am a goddamn unicorn. I was like, all right, well, uh, let's roll with it. And over the the last year or so, it's, it's continued to grow. And I'm okay with it. 
nice. <laughs> so what is affirmations for vitamin U? Are uh, the, it's those uh, the affirmations you were saying when you were doing the tapping or is it an extension of that? It's entirely new. What it is is I wanted to create um, and a recorded affirmation that I could really sink my teeth into. I love, this is nerdy fact about me, I love to listen to uh, affirmation tapes. I have a, a, a playlist on YouTube that I call my set point programming where um, if I'm feeling real crap or I'm real low energy or whatever it is or just feel like I need a little maintenance that way, it's just a huge playlist of um, beautiful songs or EFT scripts that I love or affirmations. But a lot of them just feel really like, I don't know, I need something a little like ballsier. <laughs> like, I would like to move on from just the, I'm going to have a really good day today. Like, no, today I'm going to kick ass and melt faces. And <laughs> yeah. um, that it was their affirmations that I used on my own. And I thought that, you know what, if I'm looking for that, odds are incredibly high that somebody else is craving that too. So I decided to record them and share them on the band camp. Nice. And and she sells, mm -hmm. she, Molly, for those of you listening, sells her affirmations, guided meditations, the uh, book that we were talking about earlier, the Art Witch book. It's all on Bandcamp, which is cool because she's a rock star. And I feel like that's just perfect, <laughs> perfectly appropriate. What is the URL for the Bandcamp stuff? You can get to all of that through the blog okay. if you like. Um, all the badges are there. Um, but that is herspeak.bandcamp.com. Nice. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, let's end with maybe one someone who's really struggling with maybe just even the idea of self-love since mm -hmm. that was a little bit of a theme here. Like where do they begin? What is a good first step for someone that's like, ew, icky love stuff. Uh, but I don't love myself and I probably should, but ew. <laughs> like what, where do they begin? Where do they start when they're really, really not in it, but want to be? Oh, I would start with, dating yourself not in I feel like people get frustrated with self-love conversations because it sounds like well as long as I just you know if I eat the bar of chocolate and take myself out for a drink then I am self-loving um, and I guess that's not what I mean by that dating yourself as in just being interested in your potential Oh, that's being good. curious, being curious about your own potential. And that is, it's going to steer. That word, <laughs> if you're committed potential. to being curious, yeah. If you're committed to being curious about your potential, you're not going to be able to help it. <laughs> that is, that's a good idea. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that too, because self-love is, I mean, for me, I came to find it's actually like paying your bills. Or yeah. going to the doctor because I was such a artsy fartsy like I only care about <laughs> art that there was this whole other part of myself that was neglected 
Um, right. So that's what comes up for me. But this idea of dating yourself and not about like, well, take yourself to the movies, have a bubble bath, mm-hmm. but actually mm-hmm. like looking for the potential. That is something that, again, I can only speak for women, my women friends, but that is something that we do. Like we're like blinded by <laughs> love. Yeah. We're just looking at the potential. Like what if you saw that in yourself? Right. Yeah. Being curious. And that I think that's, that's one of the most, you know, exciting parts about falling in love with somebody is discovering all of these things about them that feel like secrets, you know, but it's because you've reached that next level. And it's like, if you could do that, if you could invest that same level of interest in knowing what you're capable of, or what you're curious about, that, wow, that'll I don't even have, I'm trying to, to, to put that together, but that, yeah, when you decide that you're going to invest and be interested in you in the way that you would dote or be interested in the secret, you know, richness of somebody else. But if you do that for yourself, yeah, that, that's a gift that'll give to you forever. Yeah. That well will never run dry. I think that's so great too for getting the ball started is getting into that romance of getting curious about your own potential and then kind of you know when you meet someone and the glow starts to fade after six months and you start to see like beyond their potential and start to see their flaws and Mm -hmm. some people cut and run at that point some people just stay in denial but it's interesting too to stay really present when that part of falling in love with yourself starts emerging too and like yeah how how do you love up those parts of yourself and and stay with yourself and refuse to abandon yourself once once that the glow of the romance starts to wear off so to speak and I think that's so interesting that you say that yeah the refusing to abandon yourself I think that's another uh, part of of a self-love is Accepting the fact that you are not going to be the same person all of the time and that that is so beyond acceptable, that that is that is natural. It's good for your health, for your spiritual growth, for whatever it is, giving yourself permission to not be the same person forever. And that, too, I think ties into the being curious about yourself. It's okay for you to adventure into other parts of who you are. Yeah. Another secret to being together for 13 years with your loved one. Mm-hmm. Also, yep. you have to allow each other to change. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. But it's imperative. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being my Valentine's Day present for my listeners. Thank you for being my Valentine, <laughs> Joanna. Yay! Yeah. I, adore, <laughs> I adore you 100%. I know I'm not alone in that. And thank you so much, Molly. Links will be in the description page for this on Blog Talk Radio, by the way. So you can just link to Molly if you didn't write these O's here. Blah, blah, blah. Tripping over my tongue right at the end here. If you did not write the URLs down, go to Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> link to molly check her out give her some love and thanks again molly until we meet again everybody much love peace peace 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.